Do you want to start a business to give your family more freedom? Do you desire to have a marriage that makes your friends jealous? Do you want to spend more quality time with your children? We are your hosts, Matt and Jocelyn Woodruff, and we cannot wait to share this journey with you. Welcome to our family-friendly podcast. Join our conversations where we talk about how to build a business that will give us the freedom we choose. Welcome to the Family Life Movement Podcast. Welcome to the Family Life Movement Podcast. Today we are joined by Greg Tosi. Greg works with entrepreneurs and small businesses to generate leads using Facebook and Instagram. Greg also helps businesses find customers and grow communities using paid ads and innovative marketing strategies. Greg has vast experience in the online marketing space and has worked with successful entrepreneurs in a variety of industries. Whether it's generating new leads, launching products or programs, or streamlining business processes, Greg will take your product or brand to the next level. Greg, man, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. My goodness, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you for having me. Greg, I would love to have hear more from you about how you've gotten here. It sounds like you are very busy and you're able to work from home now. Yes. yes. <laughs> Is that right? Yes, wow, definitely. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. So I am. I'm, I currently work from home. I'm self-employed as a Facebook and Instagram ad strategist. Um, I've been full-time in that position for just about six months. I've been doing online marketing for about five years and Facebook ads for about three years total. So uh, really that started, I don't know, five or six years ago, um, hearing a podcast by someone I know that we all know, Dan Miller, author of 48 Days to the Work You Love and the podcast by the same name. And he talked about finding or creating work you love. and Although I started out kind of in the corporate world doing software development and programming, I loved IT at first, but over the you know, 10, 15 years of doing that, the corporate bureaucracy and just kind of the grind and you know, a lot of the things you deal with in, in the corporate world um, really started to weigh on me and I got really bored with it. And I think you know, I discovered I was a marketer at heart. So to hear a message from somebody like Dan Miller saying, hey, you know, we live in the age where you can find or create work that you love, jump ship from your corporate job and create a life um, around your schedule and around your location or become location independent. You know, when I'm hearing a message like that, I'm like, wow. So over the last five years, I've worked towards that, you know, more specifically in Facebook ads for the last three years. And I finally made the leap and I love not driving in rush hour traffic. I love having, <laughs> love having breakfast and lunch with my wife and my two young kids and uh, working whenever the heck I want. It's, it's an amazing, amazing life and I'm grateful for it. Wow, that is awesome, man. You've got your hand involved in so many different things. You mentioned Dan Miller, uh, which I know you're an advisory board member. You've got a lot of different things. You've got your business. You recently, you were able to quit and walk away from your job. You've got two young kids at home and you're married. You've got so many different things on your planet plate. So how are you able to balance work, life, family, and business? That's a great question. I'd, I'd say... You know, it, it starts with, I guess, setting some boundaries. So, you know, I have some, although the work schedule is kind of flexible, you know, I've worked out with my wife, hey, these are times that I'm going to be kind of heads down focused here, you know, in, in the office that I have here. And, you know, these are times that we're going to set aside for family. These are days that we're going to be, 
uh, you know, a little more flexible on. So I think the key to that has been just partnering with my wife and figuring out, you know, how the schedule is going to work best for us. Um, you know, and, and just really, really being transparent and working together and just building that ideal schedule. Awesome. Um, it's not always easy. <laughs> um, are there any specific ways that you figured out how to be inten intentional with each of your children? Yeah. So my wife and I, you know, we have kind of an interesting journey. So um, I really have a passion towards like minimalism in with electronics. And I know that sounds crazy coming from um, an online marketer and essentially somebody who does like, you know, cyber stalking, which is, is essentially what Facebook ads are, you know, sending ads to people that, you know, <laughs> um, would be prone to buy them. But um, my wife and I, you know, have just noticed over the last couple of years, and we've even struggled with it. Um, everybody's addicted to their phones. Everybody's got their noses in their phone. I live in Florida and it's gorgeous here. We've got great wildlife, we've got great parks, you know, and I just, I look around and I'm guilty of it too, but everybody's got their nose in their phone and we're missing, you know, what's going on around us, the glorious sunsets, the wonderful, you know, landscape we have here. And so about this time last year, I was like, let's, let's get flip phones for three months. And she said, what are you talking about? And you know, it, the idea just kind of popped into my head. So we prepared over the course of December, figuring out how the heck we get our SIM cards to work with the flip phone, you know, bouncing back 20 years. And we did this flip phone challenge and we actually did a blog flipphonefamily.com and blogged about it. Um, for three months. And I got to say, and this is a bit of a rabbit trail, but it, it comes back to how I'm intentional with the kids and the family. We found such freedom in having flip phones for a while because you don't realize like how connected we are to our phones and just how, how much, how addictive they are. I mean, they, they pay people to, to make these apps to be addictive. And, um, you know, we found great freedom in that. So all that to say, we learned great lessons in those three months. We did not keep the flip phones because there was really practical applications for having them, GPS, podcast apps, things like that, that we didn't feel like were robbing us of, uh, you know, communication and time and, and, you know, other healthy applications for it. But um, we are very intentional about not having our devices in front of our children. Um, there were a few times early on where our kids would be, you know, tugging at our pants wanting to play or us read a book and we'd find ourselves looking at our phone or checking Twitter or whatever. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know what, this is crazy. Like I've got these wonderful children here that are gifts and just blessings um, to us. And that's not what we want to happen. So we set some pretty strict boundaries about where the phones go. Um, you know, when we have the phones away and we try to get into activities with the kids that don't involve iPads and iPhones and all that. So super long answer, but we, we are very heavily vested in um, digital minimalism, which I think uh, might be the name of a book by Cal Newport. I, okay, I have a follow-up question to that. Okay, so we're working in business together. How do you get anything done around the house without putting the kids in front of the TV? <laughs> oh, I, I, well, let me let me clarify. We definitely <laughs> we're we're not perfect at this, and we definitely we do allow the kids to to watch TV and have you know some. Some let me see how would I say it calculated iPad time. So we yeah, have okay. like some specific learning apps and you know Bible apps for them. You know we're Christians. We there's certain educational tracks we want them to have. So we got some some fun stuff they can learn about Moses parting the Red Sea on an iPad. What better better way, right? Um, you know, so they watch TV. You know, <laughs> we've, not, we've not completely pulled that out. Nor do we think there's a need to. I mean, there's extremes on everything. Sure. 
sure. We, we don't think we need to go that far there, but we want to be intentional and mindful that we want to be present, you know, together as a family. So. Okay. Thank you. That, that, that helps. <laughs> I'm getting mom guilt over here. <laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> now, going out of your way to make sure that you're spending intentional time with your kids is something that sadly, you know, especially in America where we have all this technology and we have shiny object syndrome, right? We always have something that's begging for our attention. I love what you're saying there about taking and minimizing screen time. Well, it's not screen time necessarily, but technology uh, for your kids. That way they can focus on what's important because if they see mommy and daddy always on their phone playing games and doing all these different things, they're going to mentally start thinking, wow, mommy and daddy love that game. They love that show. They love, you know, fill in the blank, whatever then they love, then they love for me. Absolutely. I've read all kinds of articles that say kids will act out if their parents are on electronics a lot because they do, they feel that jealousy. And, you know, it's just, it's just sad. My kids are young. My oldest kid is, um, you know, coming up on three, but every parent tells me it goes by so fast. They'll be 18 before you know it. I'm going to take their word for it because I love having these, these boys and I don't want them, you know, I don't, I don't want to miss them growing up. Yeah. I love that. I love the intentionality of making sure that you're spending a lot of good quality time with your kids. But what about your wife? We've talked a little bit about how you uh, sanctify maybe that time that you have with your kids and how it's valuable and stuff like that. What are some ways that you're intentional about going and spending time with your wife? Definitely planning date nights and, and we could stand to improve a little bit in this area where we're, it, it's tough to find consistent babysitters. You know, we've had a couple that have moved away and you know, it's always a struggle, but, um, Ideally, I would like that to be a weekly thing. Um, we'll probably do it every two weeks now. The other thing we're doing is, is and, and we love to chill and watch Netflix together. Again, we're not the, like the TV list family or anything, but I find the nights that we can go and sit out back, you know, by a fire or, and, and get away from anything that ha is, has an electronic draw to it. You know, our conversations tend to go a little deeper and yeah, it, there's just something to, there's something to unplugging. You know, I didn't intend to go on the tangent about digital, media, <laughs> but, but it's a, it's a big part of our lives, you know, having seen the, the impact of just taking that fast from it and now being intentional about breaking away from it a little bit more. It's just, it's a game changer. That's, that's great. Yeah. It, you, you said you didn't really intend to go into all that, but you know, that's what we're trying to dig out is like what you're doing intentionally. Um, and so thank you for sharing all of that. Um, what are, you're living your dreams, you're working from home, you're raising your kids, making your own schedule, um, which sounds like a dream to me. <laughs> um, what are some ways that entrepreneurs can encourage and support their spouses to accomplish their dreams? Well, let's see. So the, how can the entrepreneur support their spouse or yeah, we hear a lot about how spouses need to encourage the entrepreneurs, the free thinkers and how they need to, you know, support them. The person who's working nine to five needs to support their entrepreneur or spouse. But what are some ways that the entrepreneur, the person who's working their own business, they have left the nine to five. What are some ways that we can encourage our spouses who work and are still in that nine to five uh, mentality? Boy, that's a tough question. I think, I think if the plan for the other spouse is to eventually leave, um, you know, Obviously, we, we have a lot of freedom as entrepreneurs. There's nobody 
checking the time clock on us. We don't have any hard and fast deadlines, really. I mean, I mean, we do with clients, but there's no boss here coming to say, hey, this needs to be done by then. I think if I was in my wife's shoes and she was going to be leaving work, I would want to see that I, the entrepreneur, was making you know some good progress. I would want some good not status updates, but I would want to see that, hey, I'm setting some goals. I'm setting some milestones here in this entrepreneurial experiment that I'm taking. And here's how I'm doing. Here's how I'm measuring up to those goals. Mm -hmm. uh, I know having talked to dozens of entrepreneurs that it's a very scary thing um, for wives um, to hear their husband wants to quit a, and I'm using air quotes, you can't see it on the podcast, a secure corporate job or a secure job like that. It's got to be terrifying, you know, because you have the health insurance, you have you know, a paycheck that's the same, same amount every two weeks, which doesn't happen when you're an entrepreneur. Sometimes it's a lot more, occasionally it's a lot less. Um, you know, but I, I would want to see that the person who has gone out on their own is hitting some goals and really growing and learning and surrounding themselves by, you know, other entrepreneurs and mentors that are going to take them in the right direction. Yeah. I think as, as the spouse that's currently working a day job, it's sometimes it's easy to assume that they're not getting anything done because they're just being lazy. I know in my head that's not necessarily true <laughs> um, because he's, he's also staying home with three kids and he's trying to homeschool or older too. And I have to remind myself of that. It's like one of those logical, like I know that that's not what's really going on, but I have to remind myself. Of that. Yeah. I, I think the transfer, yeah, the transparency can only help. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, I, I think it's fun to share that stuff. You know, um, you know, the other spouse might, may have some, like if I go to Kristen and I say, well, here's, I'm doing X, Y, Z as I'm working through this project or building this course, she's got gifts, gifts that I don't have. So even being transparent and sharing that with the other spouse, they may be able to provide some input knowing how you're wired and knowing what your gifts are like, Hey, maybe you should approach this a different way. So um, yeah, I think it's a win-win to just be on the same page, be totally transparent about that. Um, and, and, you know, push and encourage each other like spouses should. Right. And we don't marry somebody exactly like ourselves. <laughs> we always. Oh, and, and I thought, I think you brought up another great point when it comes to marriage. So many couples, we have this assumption that the other person is doing this, that they're doing, you know, that they're doing that and that they are uh, working on something. We make a whole bunch of different assumptions and then we're confused on why our spouse hasn't measured up to a certain standard or something. How important is it to keep communication in the forefront of your marriage? Gosh, it's, it's everything. Um, I, I had a wonderful opportunity to work with a gentleman. Um, as a result, he, he was in uh, Dan Miller's group as well. And he's, he's called a listening coach. And he taught Kristen and I something, you know, we ended up just doing some informal counseling with him, you know, like, um, you know, we'll do marriage counseling when we're not struggling because I think mm -hmm. you know, similar to a car, you don't wait till it breaks down. You do maintenance on it to yeah. prevent it. So we had an opportunity and to do some stuff with him just around listening and stuff like that. And he has a really cool thing that he does is it he'll, you know, if you're discussing something with your spouse, he'll say, what did you hear? And he has people repeat back to you. And it's hilarious. Like I'll say something to Kristen and be like, what did you hear? and have her repeat it back to me. And sometimes it's totally different. Mm -hmm. So you learn, you know, me as the communicator, I learned that the things that I'm saying, the things that are clear to me aren't always like the way other people hear them. And it's a brilliant exercise and it's a simple exercise. Um, 
But yeah, I learned that from a listening coach. So just by simply asking, what did you hear? Sometimes the person will repeat back to you what you said and it matches with the intent that you had. Sometimes it'll be totally different. That's a great way of improving communication and diffusing misunderstandings before they happen. Man, that's awesome. And there's somebody right now listening going, wow, a listening coach. What on earth is that? Who is that? What's his name? Why don't you go ahead and drop his name in case anybody wants to get a hold of this coach? His name is Dallas Demet. It's D-E-M-M-I-T-T, Dallas Demet. And somebody who knows Dallas, he is a great coach. He's a great listener. Uh, and he is really good at asking questions and helping you to develop that relationship. So that is a great resource for anyone to check out. Yeah, he has a book called Can You Hear Me Now? And it's on Amazon. But he's a, he's a great guy. Maybe we can find his website and put him in the show notes or That's something. Yeah, it's actually what, uh, I was trying to remember his last name. <laughs> I was like, What's his last name? <laughs> So what are some of your, you know, you mentioned Dallas's uh, book and him as a coach. What are some of your other favorite family, marriage, and parenting resources? I think uh, anything by Tim Keller. Um, he's a pastor out of uh, New York City. Paul Tripp is another one who does, you know, family and marriage counseling. Um, those are two great re resources. Awesome. Um, how can people learn more about you? Where can we find you? And well, um, I don't have a, as a service provider currently, um, you know, I, I do Facebook and Instagram ads for people. I don't have a huge social media presence at the time. That'll be changing in the new year with some podcasts and stuff like that. But the best place to find me is gregtosi.com. And that'll tell you a little bit about what I do. And, uh, you know, I do, do a little bit of blogging there and yeah, that's the best place to find me. Awesome. GregTosi.com. Definitely go and check him out. Greg, man, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. It is much appreciated. You dropped some great knowledge and gave us some great resources to go check out. Hey, thank you guys for having me. It's my pleasure. Thanks for being here. Thank you for listening to the Family Life Movement Podcast. I hope you had as much fun as we did. To hear our thoughts on the podcast and to continue this conversation, join our free Facebook group by searching for the Family Life Movement. See the show notes for links to our guest social media and websites and any resources that were mentioned will also be linked in the show notes. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please go rate and review and send us a screenshot and we will send you a special access gift. Join us next time for more conversations, tips, and tricks on growing your business around your family. Thanks for joining us and have a great day.